But before we pray tonight, I thought, you know, it might be good for me to share with you just some thoughts on prayer from my perspective. And it's really uh, from context of the past three years or so, as I have gone through a bit of a journey uh, physically uh, with cancer, with esophageal cancer, actually. And uh, it's kind of like my perspective on prayer now. It, it's changed. It, it's changed for me. It's much more serious. Um, but I thought maybe if I share a couple of things, it might encourage you. So when you're praying tonight, you can be encouraged as well and have even a deeper appreciation for the, the gift of prayer. But now that as I look around, maybe not everybody knows my story, and I don't want to spend more than two minutes telling you about it, but just so we're all on the same page, let me just let you know that uh, at the age of 55, so that was about three years ago in October, I went to the doctors, and I was, wow, diagnosed with stage three stomach cancer. I call it stomach cancer. It was esophageal cancer. Stomach is easier to say. It's not as long of a word, so I refer to it as stomach cancer. But that was a really shock. That was a big shock to me. I was surprised. I did not know what to expect. And just to make a really long story short, it really really, uh, got my attention, and I thought I didn't have long to live. And there was a point where I started writing letters to my family like how to take care of things after I was gone. I mean, this was in the middle of COVID, in the middle of a lockdown. Everyone's wearing two and three masks and face shields. I thought I was going to be hauled off to a hospital all by myself, left to die without my family around me. It really shook me. It shook me. And you would think, well, brother, you know, you've been in the church since you were five years old. How come you couldn't deal with it? Well, when a doctor looks at you and says they can't help you, and, you know, we'll try this, and maybe it'll help, you know, but your mind starts to race a little bit and you start thinking this just could be the end of my existence on this earth. Anyhow, there was a period of time that I had nothing I could do but just to depend on the Lord. And prayer changed for me in that time frame. But I started chemo every other week. You're just sick forever. You know, like every other week of my life for two years, I was being treated with chemo. It was a three-day treatment process. And I remember just wanting to give up. and Like, I'm done with this. I can't keep up with it. But I remember praying, asking the Lord for strength and help. And he met me. But there was one time, and uh, Brother Brian was preaching a series on healings. And one service, after a Sunday morning service right here, he said, is there anybody here who believes right now if you came up for prayer, the Lord would touch you? I ran out of my seat from over there and came up here and the whole church prayed. And I knew I got touched. I was speaking in tongues. I was just groaning out to the Lord because I didn't have any other words to say. I wanted to live. Relatively young, I had children at home. I had grandchildren. I wanted to be a part of their lives. It wasn't time for me to leave, I thought. I would just pray, Lord, give me more time. But get me off this chemo because it's killing me. And the doctor had said all along, this chemo is not going to fix you. You're going to be on it the rest of your life. The, The tumor will not go away. You'll have to be on treatment the rest of your life. So that wasn't much, uh, anything great to look forward to. But the Lord touched me here that morning. And then for three months, I prayed, how am I going to go back to my doctor who told me I'm going to have to be on treatment the rest of my life and tell him I don't need it anymore? And I struggled with that, but I prayed and I had faith. I said, Lord, it's got to come from the doctor. The doctor's got to tell me, like, no more, you don't need it. But I said, he's never going to tell me that because he's always said you're going to need it the rest of your life. 
Three months later, I walk into his office, and he looks at me, and I ask him about my CT scan, and I said, well, did you measure the tumor? And he said, no. And I said, why not? And he said, it's not there. I said, did you measure the scar? Yeah, thank the Lord. And I said, and did you measure the scar tissue? And he goes, no, because it's not there. And I said, so like, what are you telling me? And he says, uh, you don't need chemo anymore. We'll stop the treatment. So that was it. That was a year ago, last September. And the Lord did that for me. I still go in for my checkups. Every checkup every three months has been better and better. They're like, you can start skipping your checkups and you know, your maintenance treatments or whatever because you're in really good shape. But that was a period of my life that was very, uh, very challenging, to say the least. You know, we, we, in this life we suffer, right? I mean, our faith aside, just being humans, we go through suffering. Being a Christian, you suffer more, even more for the Lord's sake. What I want to share with you tonight is some things that I learned through that two-year period about prayer and how it helped me. And hopefully it'll encourage you to tonight. So I'll try to be quick so we can get to the prayer cards, but here it goes. So what is prayer to me? This is Dave Mazur. This is not an academic definition of prayer. But to me, the essence of prayer is communicating with God, asking for help, and giving him thanks. Maybe you can come up with another category, but in my mind, that's what it is. Thanking him for everything he's about and who he is, and asking for help, whether it's for yourself or somebody else for a situation relationship, but generally you're asking for help. There's two scriptures, one in Philippians 1.29, if you want to turn there quick. This is the suffering piece that helped me come up with this definition. Verse 29 of Philippians 1, it says, For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. In Ephesians 5, verse 20, Ephesians 5, 20 says, Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Prayer being that communion with God to me is asking for that help, for that suffering that we're going to go through, like it says in Philippians, and giving thanks like it says in Ephesians 5, always for everything he's done for us and expressing thanks. So we sang that song this morning, God is so good, and there's a, a phrase in it, it says, should this life bring suffering, Lord, I will remember what Calvary did for me, or the price that was paid on Calvary. Should this life bring suffering, you bet it's going to in some way, shape, or form. Just expect it. If, even if you haven't experienced it yet, look, we all have our trials and our tribulations, and we're all challenged. We need to be anchored in the Lord in prayer to ask him for help. And always be ready to give thanks. So if that's prayer, then I say to myself, why not pray more? And why do some people pray less? We should never pray less. should always pray more. should always be asking for help and thanking the Lord for his greatness and everything he's done for you and around you. I guess people who just pray less are maybe less needy or less thankful or less grateful, or appreciative, 
But if it's really, really in your heart, it will come out of your mouth. The thanks will come out of your mouth. So, you know, some, uh, there's that saying that uh, you take things for granted uh, that deserve our gratitude the most, and you don't appreciate what you have until you lose it. So I try to imagine life as a Christian without prayer. You know, maybe that will help me appreciate it more. But you know what? It's like, you can't do it. How do you live a Christian life? How do you serve the Lord without asking for help? Right? Or being thankful. It's like you can't. It almost reminded me like of being in a school class, your hardest school class, and the teacher just lecturing and lecturing and lecturing, and you're lost, but you want to raise your hand and ask a question, but you can't. The, te- the teacher says, put your hand down. Like, How are you ever going to pass that class? You're not. You're going to fail. The Lord doesn't want us to fail. He wants to be there for us, next to us, and with us in all our struggles. So never lose appreciation for the gift of asking for help and giving thanks. That's one thing I wanted to mention tonight. The other one is spontaneous prayer. Prior to this event in my life, I really wasn't a spontaneous prayer. I was more of a structured prayer, an individual that prayed. In school, you would go to chapel, you pray in chapel, you pray in Bible class, you pray at lunch, you go home, you pray at dinner. You pray before you go to bed. As you grow up as an adult, you have your more private times in prayer. You pray at church, you pray at church meetings, you pray at church events. But it was like structured prayer. It was kind of like a routine to it. And not that that's a bad thing, but that's kind of how it was. If I had met somebody on the street and they would share their life story with me, I would say, wow, you know, it sounds like you really need the help of the Lord. Why don't you come out to church and we'll pray for you? Or I might leave it like, well, I'll keep you in my prayers. But after going through what I went through over the past two years, it is so much easier for me to be just like a spontaneous prayer warrior. Like, maybe not Johnny on the spot every time with prayer, but when I start talking to people and I hear about their struggles, I can't help but stop and ask them, can I pray for you like right now? We could be in a parking lot. We could be in the hallway at work. I can be on a video conference while I'm working with somebody and ask them if they want to pray and have prayed with them. I've had some very endearing moments with people in prayer on a video conference at work. There's an individual that works for me who went through lymphoma, had lymphoma cancer after I had gone through my experience and he was talking to me about it. And I just said, Phil, we got to stop. I said, I feel like you're really struggling. Can we just pray right now? And he's in New Jersey. I'm here in Syracuse. But we're at work on this video conference just praying. I'm praying for him and the tears are coming down my face. I, like, I would have never really done that before. I would, have, I would have said, look, I'll just keep you in prayer. But like to what Brother Ben was saying tonight, you meet people and you understand what their circumstances are. How can you not just stop right there and say, let me pray for you right now because it, it can help. It, like, sound familiar? I, I, maybe you're in that, you know, like, structured prayer environment, and you come and you do it at certain times, you pray at certain times, but there's so much strength when you get to just being spontaneous in prayer. Almost like you're looking for opportunities, and I really was never that way before, looking for opportunities to pray for people, but now when I go to the dentist or I'm at the doctors, and I've spent a lot of time at the doctors over a few years, you're waiting in the waiting room, and you just see or hear somebody next to you I mean one individual I could just see like just tension it was their first time there and they were just stressed out they had the 
the welcome packet from the hematology place, a, really, a great thing to have, right? But they stood out with that. And I'm just like trying to understand their story. So you just start talking with them. It's like I, we could pray right now. Some people are open to it and some aren't, but you got to at least try to reach folks, right? So spontaneous prayer, it's really good. Um, I'm really proud to be like that now. I'm very happy that that's changed in my life. The other thing is victory in prayer. And this is the last one I want to mention. Victory in prayer. I know that the best prayer is answered prayer, and I don't question that at all. But I want to tell you, sometimes it takes a long time to get your prayers answered, and you have to endure through prayer, right, to get to that point. But what I can tell you is what I've learned in my prayer to the Lord over this period is there is victory every time that I pray to the Lord. I might not get the answer like, Lord, get this cancer out of my body or help me stop, help me get off chemo. But the victory I won in praying with the Lord at that time was the strength and the power from his Holy Spirit communing with me during prayer to get me from today to tomorrow. Because sometimes I never thought I was going to get to tomorrow. I thought I was just all going to stop. That's huge. That's a victory you can take right now during prayer. Right now, tonight, when you come up and pray, you can experience that victory. When the Holy Spirit's moving through you and you're communing with him, it's, it's like your spirit is in touch with the Lord's spirit. That is so strengthening. And that will carry you to get you to the end to realize that answer in prayer that could take time to accomplish. And maybe just these thoughts that <clears throat> hoping that you experience victory when he meets with you, that you become spontaneous in prayer in your walk with the Lord, and that you never lose your appreciation for being able to pray. Right? It's such a gift, and it's so helpful in what we do as Christians. That was all I wanted to share with you folks tonight. I hope it's encouraging, and the, the front will be open for prayer. So come on up, seek the Lord, and have His Holy Spirit meet with you, and get strengthened and encouraged. Praise the Lord.